So, Pete, what are we talking about today? Okay, well, so first off, Merry Christmas. Well, Merry Christmas, Pete! Yeah, it's not going to be very merry for much longer. Oh. We're kind of doing, unfortunately, a double feature tonight. What? I watched a movie, but it ended up being two movies. Well, then you only needed one movie. It was two movies. Okay. Welcome to Fearless Films. Films is a podcast where two horror movie buffs Hello! break down scary movies for the scaredy cats so they don't have to watch movies hidden within movies inside other movies. Pete, what are we doing today? What is this? It's our annual Christmas episode. And you may remember, in a previous year, we covered the infamous Silent Night, Deadly Night. Uh-huh. Well, this year... I figured it would just make sense to continue on with a franchise that has multiple entries, and I chose Silent Night, Deadly Night Part 2. Why are there multiple ones? There are like five of them in a remake. Why? They they get progressively cheaper as they go on, and it's telling. Oh, okay. But here's here's the problem I discovered with Silent Night, Deadly Night Part 2. This was a movie that was made on the cheap, on the very, very cheap. And in order to fill out a feature-length runtime, they just dumped in a bunch of footage from the first movie. Oh, they're not even, like, rehashing it that's literally stuff from the first movie. Put in. No, no, literally in-universe, it is a character rehashing the events of the first movie. Oh. Let me square it up for you. This movie... Released in 1987, co-written by Joseph H. Earl and directed by Lee Harry, uh, is a direct sequel to the first film, follows up the events of that movie. Part 2 is an hour and 28 minutes long. 30 of those minutes are fo- is footage from the first movie. But, but why? I don't know. Because that's all they had to work with. <laughs> The budget was only $250,000. They could have just made a one-hour movie. like. No, that doesn't fly, man. You gotta make it... <laughs> you gotta stretch it out. The actual plot of this movie does not start until 40 minutes in. Talk about a slow burn. It's just... It's very reminiscent of the Evil Dead 2 situation where that movie recaps the first movie, but like, you know, in the first five minutes. Yeah. This movie takes half of its runtime to do that. So, I would normally say, hey, audience, go back and re-listen to our episode about the first one, but you won't have to because we're going to cover that ground all over again tonight. Great. I'm so Aren't excited. Aren't you excited? Yes. I'm so excited. <laughs> 
<sighs> Should we just get right into it? All right. Okay. Let's do this. So, this movie picks up four years or so after the first movie. And it features little Ricky Caldwell, now 18 years old, I guess. And he's a prisoner being interviewed by his psychiatrist and explaining everything that's happened up until this point. We then proceed to jump into a flashback that lasts for 40 minutes as he (laughs) explains every single detail of the first movie. Okay, which is what? The first movie, if you don't remember, is about a young boy who grows up to be a serial killer who dresses as Santa and murders people because of the years and years of trauma he suffered, which I felt after watching the first movie, if you had actually written a serious, dramatic version of that script, it would be really actually interesting and on point for how trauma does affect people in that way, but they made it a schlocky slasher film. Lovely. Yeah. Little Billy witnesses his parents get murdered on the road by some dude dressed as Santa Claus. This also includes some sexual assault, so trigger warning if you want to check out that movie. Him and his little brother Ricky are then sent to an orphanage run by nuns who are super abusive and completely warp the minds of the children who live there. And basically, when Billy is old enough to leave the orphanage. He goes out into the world, gets a job, but then gets triggered by Santa imagery during Christmas time and goes on a murder spree that lasts all Christmas night, kills a fuck ton of people, and is eventually stopped by the police and killed in front of his little brother, Ricky, who then, like the end of that movie, is little Ricky looking at the camera and going, naughty, because that was the catchphrase of Billy the Killer. And so you're left thinking, oh, no, Ricky's going to be a killer. And that's what does end up happening. Okay. See, they yeah. could have just done that. That didn't take you half an hour. I, yes, I could sum it up very well in a few sentences. This movie decided to not do that. <laughs> but, yeah, the, the funny part about watching the original is he, like, enters the Santa Claus persona when he starts killing and he just runs around the movie screaming punish or naughty when he kills people. Oh, oh, I don't like that. It's real it's real bad. Uh-uh. <laughs> but Ricky does the same thing. Oh, great. But so like so that was so it's just Ricky talking to a psychiatrist in a room and footage from the original movie for 40 minutes. That's half of the movie we've already gotten through. Boom. Great. After this, Ricky then begins to tell his own story, which picks up, you know, after Billy's death, he was adopted by a couple and actually had a pretty decent upbringing, but his trauma was never actually dealt with. Like, his adoptive parents loved him, and they took care of him, they gave him a nice home, they didn't mistreat him, but they also didn't, like, take him to therapy or anything or address any of the trauma he'd been through. Great. That's, yep, okay. Yep, just just let that simmer. Just let that, you know, just fester for years until it all comes exploding out. There's even, like, a great scene where he's a little kid and he's with his mom and she's talking to a, her friend on the sidewalk outside of a store and he sees, like, two nuns walking down the street and he has a full-on, like, anxiety attack 
and like loses it and his mother's like oh my god i didn't even see i'm so sorry like Aww. yeah lady address that like do something about it so she was clearly aware of the trauma she just didn't try to help it exactly lovely love that which i mean this is a movie from the 80s that tracks really well yeah yeah it does <laughs> few years later he gets older you know, they insert the present-day actor now, even though he's supposed to be playing, like, five years younger than the actor actually is. And his adoptive father passes away of natural causes, which is what finally triggers him to, like, lose it, as the movie says. And he performs his first murder when he's, like, walking alone in the woods near his home, and he spots this couple who's having a picnic uh, out in nature and the guy starts getting handsy with the girl and she's like no i don't want to do that right now and the guy starts getting really aggressive so ricky snaps like makes a noise near the dude's car so the guy comes over to investigate and then ricky is like in the car and he runs the guy over with his own jeep you know what i'm not mad at that one yeah, it's not one that I had a huge... I'm like, that's fine. That's cool. Because he killed a guy because he was being naughty. That's fair. I'm, that's Yep, that's fine. The weird part about the scene, though, as it's written, is like the the girlfriend walks up and it's just like, thank you. And then calmly walks away. Okay, you don't calmly... Wa- okay. <laughs> it's very much like a dude's... Like idea of how that scene would have played out, I guess. Like an '80s dude being like, "No, no, the lady would just be, say thank you and move on." That's how that would work, right? No, I'm the hero. This is fine. <laughs> he then also talks about another incident where, which this is all in montage. Like the first 40 minutes of the movie was with the first, like it's all like this is an entire feature film of montage. Oh, boy. it's bizarre. But then his second murder was, he had a job at like. A restaurant or something i think he looks like he's dressed like a like a back cook you know and he shows him like taking trash out to the trash cans in the alleyway and he sees this like loan shark guy beating up some dude who like owes him money and ricky at first is just like whatever but then the guy pulls out like a red handkerchief to like wipe his face with and the i should have mentioned the jeep was red in the first kill and i guess red is a triggering color for him because santa And so he, like, runs over to this dude, starts beating him up, holds the dude up off the ground with one hand, picks up an umbrella that's just randomly in a nearby trash can, and impales the guy with it. Who does he think he is? Michael Myers? (laughs) It's very much like Like, a Michael or a Jason kill. What's happening here? (laughs) All of a sudden he has super strength, and the movie does not acknowledge it whatsoever. It's just like, that's fine. It's, you know, he does that. All right. It's that anger strength, that serial killer strength. Uh, yes. Yes, of course. So then he keeps talking some more. And he says things actually started to turn around for a while because he got a girlfriend, a woman named Jennifer. Which, they, of course, the movie doesn't explain, like, how. Like, she she accidentally bumps his motorcycle with her car. And then it just cuts to, like, sometime later. And they're dating. And you're like, wait, uh, hold on. This kid has there. no social skills. <laughs> How does he have a girlfriend? And the girlfriend's played by the only person in this movie who I think has went on to do anything else. 
an, an actress named Elizabeth Kaitan, who was one of the random girls in Friday the 13th Part 7, The New Blood. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like, I saw her face. I'm like, I know that girl's face, but she should be brunette. And then I looked her up and was like, yes, that's why I know her. <laughs> but so he's dating this girl. He stopped killing people for a while. But they go to this movie and, like, they're watching the trailers and it's whatever. And then he's like, by the way, what is this movie we're going to watch? And she's like, oh, it's a slasher film about a guy who dresses up as Santa Claus and kills people. Oh, boy. And then the movie plays footage from the first Silent Night, Deadly Night as this movie they're watching. I, uh, mm. <laughs> I don't have, like, the correct, I don't, I don't like that. Right? What does it mean? Are they being meta? Or is this just another instance of them being like, well, we didn't have any money, so we just had to use what footage we had. Right. So they, they're they dating, but haven't discussed his past at all? No. All right. Once again, 80s. Why right, would you right, discuss right. stuff? Like, Sorry. <laughs> it's just two, two beautiful people need to be together, and that is a relationship in the 80s. That's how they explained it. Right. Uh, <laughs> So, like, he leaves for a second, and, like, I don't understand, uh, like, the sequence of events here, but, like, he leaves, he excuses himself, and then this dude pops up behind Jennifer and is like, hey, babe, where you been? And you find out this guy, Chip, is her ex-boyfriend who still, like, got a thing for her and won't leave her alone. What the hell? Where'd he come from? He literally just pops up from behind her chair. I'm not kidding when I say that. It's creepy. Like, somebody was, the director was shooting the scene and was just like, I don't understand how introducing characters work. <laughs> literally just hide behind her chair. <laughs> but, like, he bothers her. She tells him to fuck off. Meanwhile, there's, like, these two dudes, like, heckling the movie in the back row who won't shut up. And Ricky sneaks back in, kills those dudes, like, unbeknownst to anyone else. Lovely. And then, like, sits back down with Jennifer and is like, hey, you know, I think I'm actually starting to like this movie. And it's like, where even were you? Oh, jeez. <laughs> and then it just cuts to, like, later. I don't know if it's supposed to be the same day or not, but, like, they're outside. The chip guy comes up to them again and is giving them shit. And Ricky snaps beats up Chip and, like, holds him down next to his car where randomly there was, like, jumper cables already attached to the, the engine. And he grabs one, sticks it in Chip's mouth, and turns it on so it electrocutes him to death. Well, that's creative, at least. Yeah, I mean, they, they put thought into the kills in this movie, even if they don't entirely make sense. So we're just seeing... The different kills. We're not seeing, like, the aftermath of them or anything. Pretty much. Okay, because if someone killed people in a theater, I feel like somebody would notice. Yeah, no, they just gloss over it. Got it. Okay. It, it just keeps cutting back to him with his psychiatrist telling the story and, like, making funny one-liners. Because that's what they thought this movie needed. Yeah, that's, that's what it needed. One-liners, not more of a budget. Okay. So Jennifer is staring at all this in horror and she starts screaming and yelling at Ricky and telling him he's a monster. So he, of course, does the logical thing and breaks the antenna off of the car and strangles her to death with it. Oh. Also creative, but wow. 
It gets better. Oh, boy. This is when the movie enters the scene that it's the only reason anyone's heard of this movie. It's a meme. It's the garbage day meme. <laughs> yes. So for the audience, I'm sure you're that is your you're signaling that you are aware of the garbage day meme. <laughs> so here's how it plays out. He kills Jennifer. A cop who was driving by stops because he sees this, gets out and points his gun at him. And he's like, put your hands up. You're under arrest, blah, 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 blah. The cop gets right up next to Ricky, who then, of course, grabs the gun from him and shoots the cop in the head with it. Mm-hmm. Like you do. Of course. And then Ricky goes on a shooting spree, which is just, he walks down a suburban street and just will shoot anyone he sees. Like, a dude comes out of, a dude literally comes out of his house and is like, what's all the noise out here? And just gets shot. Like, it's just that. Oh. <laughs> but then... He sees a man, this is the meme, taking out his garbage, like bringing the the cans to the curb, and Ricky just stares at this man and screams, Garbage Day! And shoots him. (laughs) I have never known what that meme is from. I would have never known if you didn't go over this movie. Now you have been blessed with knowledge. I have. But but it is also a curse. Yeah. (laughs) You cannot unlearn this. Mm. And then he kills like a couple more people. Whatever, he's just going around shooting people. It's not very, it's not very slasher y. It's more just a dude with a gun picking off stunt people one by one. So Kevin would be upset about this movie being called a slasher. He would be very upset. Yes, that is true. And then more police show up and they hold him up at gunpoint. And trigger warning: Ricky tries to shoot himself to avoid getting arrested, but the gun is out of ammo. We can't count, okay? Yes, Ricky cannot count. Got it. So, we cut back, finally, to the present day. Like, the end of his story to the psychiatrist, because this is the reason he's in the prison or mental hospital or whatever it's supposed to be. This movie, at this point, has like 25 minutes remaining and it's like, oh, we're now just getting to, like, stuff happening in the present day. Oh. So, of course, as the audience has been expecting all this time, Ricky strangles his psychiatrist to death using the audio tape from the recording they were making. I... Okay, so when people are violent with random objects, you don't give them random objects. Oh, it's great. The entire interview is... They're just like the psychiatrist is sitting at a table and Ricky is just walking around the room the whole time and given free reign to go wherever he wants in the room. Oh my. No, 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 no. So he kills the doctor and he says some like some like one line where he's like, I've got to finish this where it all began. And he escapes the, the building. They don't they just sort of gloss over how he just gets out. He murders a Salvation Army Santa and steals his costume. Keep in mind, this is a sequel to Silent Night, Deadly Night, and this is the first time in the movie that the present-day killer is wearing a Santa costume. Of course. And we realize that his plan is to track down and kill the mother superior who ran the orphanage that him and his brother went to because she traumatized them for years and years and did terrible things to them. Okay, I, I guess that tracks with the trauma. Okay. I mean, it's it surprisingly holds up 
to the logic of the two movies story and i'm amazed that it does like <laughs> it's truly impressive so we the audience learn that mother superior in the intervening years had had a stroke and is now wheelchair bound and just stay is lives in her home by herself i guess she has caregivers i don't really they don't clarify no why would they which I don't think the people who made this movie understand what a stroke is, because when we see her for the first time, her face is horribly disfigured. Doesn't a stroke just make your face, like, droopy? Yeah, I mean, yeah, and I think not even all the time, but, like, it looks like her face has been, like, horribly burned or something. And I'm like, did she have a stroke and then fall onto the oven? Is that what we're supposed to get oh. from this? So they spent all of their money disfiguring her face instead of doing actual movie things. I guess. Great. So he tracks down where she is, uh, breaks into her house, starts attacking her with an axe. There's a really fun back and forth bit where, like, she gets into a room and, like, pushes a table in front of the door. And he's trying to open the door and she keeps pushing it, like, shut by ramming it with her wheelchair. Which, <laughs> go her. That was pretty cool. And... Ricky like he hits a, a a hole through the door with his axe and he does the whole f they do a fucking shining rip off moment because of course they do of course but then like he he keeps trying to open the door and she keeps slamming it shut and then he remembers the axe that he has and breaks the door down well that took him long enough <laughs> it takes like three minutes for him to be like oh yeah I can just destroy this door but so he gets in eventually and like it's just one of those like he swings the axe and then it cuts to like the police and one of the other nuns showing up to check on the mother superior and they come into the house they see her sitting in her chair not moving you're gonna love this it's very dead silence oh boy. and like the the other nun walks up and is like mother superior okay and then her head rolls off oh <laughs> <laughs> zero blood by the way no blood whatsoever. Oh, of course. I don't know what I expected <laughs> you to say, but that wasn't it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Okay. And as soon as, like, the body is discovered, for whatever... I mean, he's crazy. There doesn't have to be a reason. Ricky jumps out and is like, Ha! And he goes to attack the police officers, who immediately gun him down. Of course. Like, they don't even hesitate. Like, they just start shooting. He takes... Like, multiple bullets and shotgun shells to the chest and goes flying through a glass door and lands outside. Okay. Why why do killers always insist on going, ha, when they jump out at you? I mean, the not the good ones. <laughs> like, they're no longer <laughs> hidden. Like, you're not surprising me anymore. They're losing that ability to get that sneak attack. You know what I'm talking about, I Sarah. do! I'm very... I don't understand. <laughs> As a, as a person who primarily plays rogues in D&D, &D, you, you of all understand the <laughs> stupidity of this maneuver. I, I very much do. <laughs> How do they get to roll all them clicky-clack dice if they ruin the surprise? Well, they don't. That's the point. He didn't roll anything. The police rolled a whole bunch of 20s, and <laughs> he rolled a 1. So, um... The movie does a weird double jump scare thing. I don't know why, but, like, the, the nun had passed out when she the head rolled off. So they wake her up. She's lying on the floor, and they're like, Sister, wake up. It's over. He's gone. And she, like, turns her head and sees the Mother Superior's decapitated 
fucking head lying next to her and screams. Oh. Which then it cuts to Ricky lying on the ground and his eyes open. And I'm like, no, he's fucking dead. Like, there's no, like, and he was really a lot. No, he's just dead. Oh, God. <laughs> and then the movie ends with, like, a shot of a murderer dressed in Santa, like, swinging a knife at the screen, which is just stock footage from the first movie. Okay, well. Freeze frame, roll credits, boom. You've made Silent Night, Deadly Night Part 2. I think that is the shortest amount of time I've ever heard you rehash a movie, Pete. There wasn't a movie to rehash. <laughs> I just quickly recapped one movie and then explained to you the plot of the another movie, which was only 10 minutes long. <laughs> oh, God. I was sitting in my home watching this film for the very first time in my life, because I also was familiar with the Garbage Day meme, but had just never seen the movie. And I'm like, I stopped to make lunch because i'm like well i'm still on the first movie so <laughs> something's wrong here i mm, all right that was a uh that that was that was a story that was that's what we got that's all i've got f for you i just i don't even i mm. all right well do you have any numbers for us not good ones. <laughs> oh, well, okay. I didn't really expect on, them to be good. <laughs> on the aforementioned $250,000 budget, this movie made 154000 Less than its budget. Oh, no. <laughs> it failed. Yup. <laughs> but somehow, because of its cult classic status, it had... It was released in theaters. It failed. It had a VHS and Laserdisc release back in the 80s a VHS reprint in the 90s, a DVD release in 2003 as a double pack with the first movie. In 2012, it was released again uh, alongside part one as a two-disc Christmas survival double feature on DVD. <laughs> and then finally, in 2018, Shout Factory, under its Scream Factory label, released a two-disc collector's edition Blu-ray of this film. What is there to collect? <laughs> um, it included interviews and I believe a like commentary track from the original creators and stuff who basically just, from what I understand, explain why the movie is so cheap and bad and mostly the first movie. Well, at least there's an explanation somewhere... Basically, Ish. they say that the, the studio cut their budget to pieces right when they started production. Well. Yeah. <laughs> they were told originally to just re-edit the first film and pass it off as a sequel. Oh. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> so they took what little money they had, filmed a little bit of new footage, and then just did what they could. Oh, boy. All right. Well, I guess it wasn't their fault then with how bad this is. It was is. not. Okay. And the creepy part of that commentary is apparently they said they tried to track down the actor Eric Freeman who played Ricky for the comment to like do the commentary and participate in the, the Blu-ray and stuff, but they were unable to locate him at the time. How are you unable to locate a human? I, did, I mean, you go off the grid? I don't know. Like, Is it 
because the movie was so bad? Is that why they couldn't find him? Did he just never mind to disappear? I mean, I'm assuming that he was tracked down at some point because he showed up for an episode of the TV show Bull, and he was in a 2021 film called Seasons. Which appears to be... I've never heard of it, but it, from looking at it on IMDb, it looks like it's a holiday-themed uh, anthology horror film. Oh, like an ABCs of Death kind of thing? Yeah. With a lot of other well-known horror names, especially from, like, cult classics. Like, they got the girl from Sleepaway Camp and fucking one of the dudes from the Phantasm movies. So, hmm. I don't know. <laughs> He's still out there acting, I guess. Okay, good for him. Yeah. This was an experience, I gotta say. I Was it? I do mean, you... it's cool to know where that meme comes from now. It is. I do like that. But would you actually recommend that anybody watch this? Um, That's a good question. Because thinking back to my reaction to the first movie, I did not favor the first movie. I thought it was basically an exploitation film. And it was just, you know sexual violence for two hours and it was i'm like i didn't i didn't i don't think i recommended that movie to anybody here's something very convenient if someone today were to ask me should i check out the silent night deadly night films i would say yes perfect just watch start at part two because then you'll see two movies for the price of one okay i guess that's a, a positive i think so it'll save people time they didn't leave anything like important out from their rehashing it's all basically there i mean it's almost the whole movie so yeah like it's you get all the important details okay (laughs) yeah speaking of which i did write it down i watched this film on tubi which is a free streaming service which has a very good uh horror collection but it's on a bunch of other free streaming sites. It's probably not hard to acquire the rights to this film. And the aforementioned two-disc Blu-ray, for whatever <laughs> fucking reason. So yeah, if someone does want to watch it, it's not hard to find. Okay, good to know. Do you think you'll be watching this movie anytime soon? I... Mm, so... <laughs> I'm again going to say this is one I would watch with friends to have on in the background or for something to make fun of. Yeah. But I'm not going to, like, sit down by myself, like, all cozy and put this on. Yeah, it wasn't as fun watching this by myself alone in my office. It's just not the the vibe you need for a horror movie like this. No, it doesn't really seem it. I'm trying to decide if I think I would ever watch this again, and I don't know. Like, it's kind of, it would be kind of fun to see somebody's reaction to it, but, like, at the same time... The first 40 minutes or so are going to be kind of weird and awkward and, like, kind of boring because it's like, this is just a dude talking about another movie? Yes. I... Mm. Uh, From everything I've read, the following three sequels uh, titled uh, Part 3, Better Watch Out, Part 4, Initiation, and Part 5, The Toymaker have nothing to do with the plots of the first two films and they're basically each their own, like, random-ass thing. Oh, Okay. Yeah, I once watched a video on the uh, Movie Timelines YouTube channel where the the guy who hosts that broke down the entire franchise, and it definitely feels like one of those situations where it was 
a script was already written that existed and somebody just slapped the Silent Night, Deadly Night title on it to give it a brand. But parts three, four, and five have nothing to do with anything. And then there's a remake from 2012, which I watched a trailer for. I've never seen it, but from what I understand, it tries to take itself a little more seriously, which is probably not a smart idea. Oh, no. Yeah, but it features Malcolm McDowell and Jamie King, so that's weird. Oh. Yeah, very much slumming it up in this movie. Okay. I do not think that this movie is the type of classic that needed a remake, but somebody did. I I feel like maybe making it into like a horror comedy would have gone well. Yeah. I think you gotta lean into the absurdity of it all. Especially where... So I am on IMDb while you're talking, so I can picture everybody's faces and everything. But yeah. The the trivia part of IMDb is always my favorite. Um, and the first trivia is that Ricky's eyebrows move up and down 130 times? Yep. Yeah, I saw that too. It's a weird thing for somebody to pay attention to and make a <laughs> trivia post about, but to be fair... The actor who plays Ricky was very expressive with his eyes. So (laughs) I guess somebody just noticed that and started counting. The little bit that I saw from the trailer, he is very over the top. Yeah. very expressive. From my research, it was said that the director told him to just be as hammy and over the top as he possibly could. How many cups of coffee did you need for that? (laughs) i mean he does stand out everyone else in the movie is kind of dull and he actually like is memorable so i guess that's a win okay that's good it's better in a horror movie to be bad than boring i agree with that yep at least you'll be memorable uh did you learn anything pete god no and i hope i didn't (laughs) like I mean, what's there to say? It's it's this movie follows in the proud tradition of fictional films portraying mental hospitals or hospitals of any kind completely wrong, and just being like, "Hey, let's take this convicted serial killer, put him in a room with a psychiatrist, don't restrain him, don't sedate him, give him access to anything that could become a murder weapon. This will be fine." See, I have trouble with these movies that are like don't portray the psych hospitals well and like aren't dealing with the trauma for people listening i have a psychology degree so this is why i'm so like hellbent on those little details (laughs) (laughs) i mean oh so i'm still on the imdb page and i just watched the umbrella go through the guy okay he also opens the (laughs) umbrella that was Okay. Did I did I not mention that he also yes opens the umbrella <laughs> just for effect? Um yeah, but I I definitely have trouble watching movies that kind of like misrepresent that stuff. Yeah, I mean that's I feel like that's just true of any once you know something and then you see it portrayed in fiction wrong, it's like impossible to go back to the innocence of before where you're just like, Oh, that's probably whatever. It's, yeah, it's just, it's bad. Yeah. <laughs> as a as a lifelong gamer, I cannot stand seeing video games and movies. 
because oh. they are never portrayed accurately. You'll see like two people playing a single player game. You'll see people mashing buttons and the gameplay on screen is just like the characters walking. And it's like, why are they just slamming buttons all over the place? They're not doing anything. <laughs> the best is when it's just like gameplay footage on the screen from some like Xbox exclusive game. And they're all holding like Nintendo controllers. Oh, and you're no. like, nothing about this is right. <laughs> And then there's this film, which is just sort of like, like you watch this movie and you're like, this is a movie that gets reality wrong. There's nothing about this. He kills people and then he'll just walk away and the scene cuts and nothing ever comes from it. Yeah, I don't like that you don't get like a, and then this happened. Like he he killed two people in a movie theater, nobody noticed, nobody noticed. No, that's not what got him caught. It was the killing someone out in the street is the one that finally got him, you know, found out. And that was by chance, because a cop was just randomly driving by. Well, at least somebody was. <sighs> You're going to do this to me again next year, Pete, aren't you? Uh, yes, I am. <laughs> Great. <laughs> unless you beat me to the chase, and unless you can present me with a Christmas movie. I already know what I'm going to do next year. Oh, so. boy. And it's not going to be good. Well, that wouldn't be fun. <laughs> So unless you got a better idea, just buckle up because this is—I mean, this is going to be every holiday from now on. Lovely. You agreed to this. I you did. signed on for this enthusiastically. I did. I did. And then <laughs> I remembered St. Patrick's Day, and then we were a little less enthusiastic. So many more Leprechaun movies to talk about. Oh boy. <laughs> oh boy. Yep. Well, this was fun, Pete. It was. Mm-hmm. I wish we had more to talk about, but there's just no substance to these movies. They're nothing. They're just stuff happening, and then it's over. <laughs> not, not, a, not a good movie. Not, yep. No. But like I said, if anyone's gonna watch any of the Silent Night Deadly Nights, just do part two and call it a day. That's all you need. That's it. You get the whole story, and you get a funny meme, and you can then go on living the rest of your life free and happy. Any other advice for our audience, Pete? As always, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, peace and joy to everyone around the world. And most importantly, don't get too scared. <laughs>